All right, guys, we're back on Southeastern 14. I am here with Stuart Lackey, another new contributor we have uh, here on the channel and on our podcast feed. As always, uh, you can find some of this stuff on YouTube. You can find some of it on the podcast feed. You'll be able to hear this in full uh, on the podcast feed. So go to any podcast app you search for Southeastern 14. And you can watch uh, everything here with Stuart Lackey on our Southeastern 14 YouTube channel. Stuart. It's fun to have you joining us here, uh, heading into a very exciting football season. And the one team in particular that we're going to be discussing here when you and I chat uh, each week is going to be the Kentucky Wildcats, which uh, I know there's a lot of fans of the Kentucky Wildcats on our channel, and they're excited about this upcoming season as well. So it's nice to have you, and um, I guess let people have a little little background on why you're here talking Kentucky with us. Blake, thanks. Great to be here. And the smile is authentic, uh, ready for football season. And I, I know a lot of people in the Commonwealth and Big Blue Nation echo that sentiment. So thanks so much. Uh, yeah, uh, real quick about my background. I grew up in Henderson, Kentucky, the western part of the state. Uh, went to UK undergrad, uh, had a great experience there. Actually was a, a walk-on for a brief period under Bill Curry way back in the 90s. And uh, yeah, just some great experience uh, from that uh, whole segment of my my time at UK, but happy to be on the channel and talk uh, UK sports for sure. Yep, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, again, someone who is a Kentucky alum is sort of, um, as Stuart put it to me, I think, on our initial phone call, someone that actually, you know, can appreciate Kentucky football, maybe more so than basketball right now. So that's there's not many people sometimes you find with that. But although Kentucky fans uh, not exactly been thrilled at times with basketball in recent seasons, but we won't talk about that here. We're going to talk about football because <laughs> um, probably, you know, a lot to be thrilled about, as we said. And so I guess, Stuart, just to start off with here, you know, I think we've all, there, there was a time where the, the common phrase that was used and, and maybe still used by some people is that man, that Mark Stoops is underrated and he doesn't get enough credit for what he's done. Uh, I would sure. have to think, after you know what um seven straight ball games now surely we're, we're starting to get past that but i still think there is you know a portion out there that probably still doesn't understand just what he's built there in terms of just the consistency um you know overall just with this program and now you go into the season as we're going to talk about here with some of the other topics expectations are very, very high. Um, just your overall thoughts, kind of what Mark Stoops has done since he's taken this job. Uh, it's hard to believe it is. Uh, the more I look at this, I'm like, I, I sort of feel old because I'm like, <laughs> this guy's been there a decade now. Um, yeah. But it is, it is again, interesting to think to go from two and 10 in his first season. Now we're talking about a team that has just consistently won games. Um, it's pretty remarkable just what they've become since he started there. Yeah, no question. And he's done it, you know, the, the right way. Uh, you mentioned the first season, his record, two wins. He actually stair-stepped. If you go back and look chronologically, he added a win there for, for every year that he was on board. And he just, he's built it methodically. Uh, you know, he, he's done it, quote unquote, the right way. I think is is a worker's mentality, a yeoman's mentality. Uh, Coach Stoops is probably one of the most unassuming coaches in the league. Uh, but he's now the second most tenured, only behind Nick Saban at Alabama. And I know a lot of Kentucky fans have a lot of pride around that fact. And he's been able to retain top coaching talent. And then when there's been a fall off or when he's lost somebody to, quote unquote, a better job or a, a promotion, which has happened repeatedly under Mark Stoops, he's been able to backfill pretty quickly. But I think, you know, over his tenure, the ability to, to hire and retain and develop 
not only as players, but great coaches and, and coordinators like Brad White, which I know we'll talk about on defense. And, and of course, the uh, the auspicious return of Liam Cohen uh, this year. So I don't think there's any secret to it. He's he's, I think, truly authentic in his players and those uh, that he recruits will tell you what you see is what you get from both Mark Stoops and his coaching staff. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the coaching staff part. Like you said, that, that was something we had on our list uh, going, going into this. And I think, you know, everyone is just salivating over the return, I think, of Liam Cohen and, and just seeing not just with him, but I think it's the pieces that he has in place. And, and we'll add on to that here in a few minutes when we talk about the quarterback situation, especially that wide receiver group as well. But, um, you know, I mean, you, you brought up Brad White and Liam Cohen having both of these guys and really looking at just the, the coordinating duo and what that, how, where they rank in the SEC, because I think, again, you could have a, a variety of opinions um, on that, but there's no doubt when you talk about guys who have just proven it, uh, you know, we always say every year, right? And, and I know last year was disappointing from an offensive standpoint, but you just know to expect Kentucky's defense is going to give you fits at times every single season. We come to expect that with Mark Soup's teams. And now you bring back Liam Cohen, who, again, um, just the, the pedigree that's there. And I always make the joke that anybody that's breathed, you know, the same air as Sean McVay, sometimes everyone is just, you know, is going to get excited about. Uh, but we know he's proven it, though, at Kentucky before. And I think having these two guys being able to lead each side of the ball, um, that's just as important as anything. Because like we said, Mark Stoops hasn't done this by himself. And now when you have these two guys who are familiar with what he wants to do and you've had Brad White in place for you know a little while now, Cohen's been there before, that's a nice setup versus maybe other teams out there that are changing coordinators across the board, as right. we've seen in a couple different places in the SEC. So. Yeah, no question. And and again, if we look at the at the two together, arguably the best coordinating duo in the league. I would I would put them up objectively against anyone else. And you know, you look back at their history. You know, Brad White came in from the Indianapolis Colts five years ago as a linebackers coach. He was quickly promoted thereafter um, into uh, his current role of, as defensive coordinator. And his ability, you know, in that first year, he worked directly with Josh Allen, who many may remember was the number seven overall pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars, not the quarterback, but the edge rusher, uh, built Josh Allen into a first, uh, you know, first uh, All-American, first team All-American uh, selection and a top uh, 10 draft pick. And his ability to develop talent, his scheme is, uh, and his ability to re relate to players is also notable here. And he just he just gets the best out of his players. They love playing for him. And, you know, if we look at and shift the personnel, I mean, it starts on that defensive line and what he's been able to kind of build and anchor this year, especially with uh, Deion Walker there at, uh, at the tackle position. And um, it's just, it's really exciting in terms of the caliber uh, and the coaching level that Brad White brings to Kentucky football. All right, so to stay with the offense for a second, um, because I think you know we all have to talk about Devin Leary, and, and people know yeah. if you've subscribed to our channel, you know how I certain some of us are. I mean, our our colleague Blaine Gilmer has talked about just the possibility <laughs> of this guy just being, you know, uh, the next Joe Montana, and I, and I I mean that half jokingly. Like we are very high on, on Devin Leary, and I think it's it's very clear, um, and so. Just for you, as you look at Devin Leary coming into this thing, and I know there's, like it or not, there's going to be comparisons to, you know, Will Levis and, um, you know, can they eclipse what the potential was when Levis was there and 
all these other things. But I think, and someone brought this up, I can't remember exactly the conversation we had, but you really just think about, you know, what he was able to do for that NC state team. And, you know, I think now you see him again, and we can tie in the wide receiver group into this and what that's going to be able to do for him. Oh, and by the way, they picked up a, you know, not too bad running back and and Ray Davis, who is um, going to come in and have a chance to have a huge season as well. So I think it's the overall package, but as we know, it starts with the quarterback and yeah, I just think it's, you know, and you hear some of the things I guess just coming out of, of getting ready for, this upcoming season and, and everybody's talking about just the leadership aspect, all these other things that you get with this guy. And at least to me, it sounds like on paper, I mean, I don't know how you could ask for sort of a better setup here for Devin Leary heading into the season, as we said, tying in Liam Cohen, the parts around him. I mean, I would have to think that, um, that there's a reason expectations are this high. No question. And, you know, people make the, uh, the comparisons between Will Levis and Devin Leary, I think the talent level is comparable. I think Levis, at, you know, at, at this point in his career at, at Kentucky, was more of a pro prospect maybe than perhaps Devin Leary is considered. But I'll tell you this: the kid went nine and three as a starter two years ago, and I think threw thirty-five touchdowns and maybe five, six interceptions the entire year. Now that's against ACC talent, but I don't care which co- which conference you play in. No. That's pretty darn impressive. The question is, can he bring that over? to SEC play, many believe that he not only will, but will do it at a high level. Uh, all of the talent, all the, the tangibles are there. I think, you know, you asked about Will Levis and maybe some comparisons. I think one of the, the contrasts is, is that he hasn't come in maybe as boisterous and outspoken as, as Will Levis did. And many may remember the Hellman's mayonnaise, uh, you know, bit uh, on Twitter and, you know, eating, you know, the banana and, and, you know, with the peel on it and all of those things. Levis kind of came in with that bravado he backed it up uh, in his first season here at Kentucky. And I think Leary has, has gone about it uh, in a little bit different fashion, maybe more of a quiet leader, but his play was quickly recognized. And I think he got the buy-in of not only people on offense, but even you know, the, the defensive side of the ball. Everybody believes this guy, according to those that closest to uh, the organization, that he's not only going to, to play, but play at a high level and maybe challenge for first team conference uh recognition at the quarterback position. Uh, we'll see, you know, a uh, lot of, lot of hype, a lot of positive rumors and, and energy coming out of his play from fall camp. And now it's time to translate it to the football field. Yeah. I mean, like you said, he, you know, Stoops called him, I think is just a natural leader. Um, you know, JJ Weaver talks about just sort of um, powerful leader and, you know, even Barry and Brown, I think I saw some comments from him several months ago, just sort of talking about, you know, just the ability to, Hey, when he makes a mistake, he, he doesn't hide it. Like he's like, yeah, you know, I, I messed up there and those kind of things. And just to admit that, you know, there, there are still things that, that he has to work on. And so I think that is, that is definitely something, you know, when you're talking about a quarterback, you know how important that is. And so um, there's definitely, you know, aspects of that, that is makes it, and you said it, think about in a league of where you have quarterbacks like Jaden Daniels and KJ Jefferson and going up and down the line, um, yeah, he's still being mentioned, you know, in that potential group of, of being guys like that who could be Heisman candidates. I think when you talk about Daniels and, and KJ Jefferson, if all goes well. And so, sure. yeah, so so there's a lot um, of anticipation, I think, to see what Devin, Devin Leary looks like in this offense. Now, one thing that will need to be better for Devin Leary to have a great <laughs> season. Uh, I have no is, idea what you're going to say. next. <laughs> <laughs> I think every Kentucky fan watching this understands uh, what the transition is going to yeah. be here is the offensive line. And sure. 
you know, that was a big topic for people in this, you know, off season, looking at just the pieces that were going to be added to the mix and just what this group is going to look like going into the season, because yes, th there were, and it was easy, you know, to, to hate on Levis at times, I think for people outside Kentucky last year, and just to say it was all him. But as we know, if you watch the games, you could see there were just times yeah. where no one would have had a chance um, based on that. So I guess, Stuart, the question is, you know, your expectations for this offensive line and, and can they make a significant jump to the point to where this Kentucky team can, you know, get potentially to a double-digit sure. win type season? Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of focus, uh, emphasis, and pressure, frankly, on the offensive line for this coming season. You know, Mark Stoops and, and Kentucky football for the better half of the last, yeah, I would say the last five or six years certainly produced several pros off, off their offensive line. Uh, units and and Kentucky fans came to expect a high level of play, high degree of physicality, and we just dominated. Kentucky dominated most of the opponents they played at the at the point of attack, and certainly that fell off last year. And uh, you had a lot of guys Blake that played out of position last year, and so a lot of those guys like uh, you know Kenneth Horsey and uh, Jager Burton. Um, you know, moving to their correct positions, Burton at center, he did play there last year, but Jeremy Flax and Eli Cox. And then to go with that, you bring in some much needed transfer help from the portal to kind of bolster those left and right tackle positions. Uh, Marquez Cox from Northern Illinois, I mean, he consider a pro prospect. Uh, all looks like he'll be the uh, starter at left tackle. And then you've got kind of a two-legged or a two-horse race with Jeremy Flax and uh, Cortland Ford. Ford came out of Southern Cal uh, in the transfer portal, and I don't know if a starter's been named uh, yet for the first game, but those two offering much-needed support at that right tackle position. All of that together, it should be a much-improved unit. Uh, the rumor's coming out of camp again that these guys have gelled. Uh, Leary certainly made everybody's life easier, but I think it goes both ways. And it, it really goes back to Leary. If if that offensive line can keep him upright, right, uh, and give him time, he has the talent, certainly, and the people around him at the skill position to do some very dangerous things. Any players in particular, which I know this covers a, a wide range, but maybe you're just most intrigued, just kind of, and I always said Leary makes sense as the quarterback, but whether offense, defense, you know, we kind of talked about just this wide receiver group and, you could label all those guys as um, ones you're just curious to see how maybe that combination, you know, advances into to being one of the best in the SEC for sure. Um, anyone on defense, does just, just any players maybe that just sort of stand out? You're like, hey, I'm most interested in just seeing how this guy looks here or how they've improved here or just how big of a season they could have. Sure. On, you're on the defensive side of the ball or staying yeah, on offense? Yeah, either one. Either one. Defensive, okay. offensive. Yeah. Yeah, real quick. I mean, I think that wide receiver core you mentioned, you know, you've got uh, Dane Key, you've got Barry on Brown, you've got Tavion Robinson, the transfer from two years ago from Virginia Tech is back for a, a super senior year. And those guys bring a ton of experience and uh, I think a maturity now in that wide receiver room. A couple other young guys, um, you know, Anthony Brown, uh, Shamar Porter and, and Decal Crowdis also. So the wide receiver room is, I think, a lot deeper than it's been. There's some unproven components there, but certainly I think it's the best wide receiving core maybe since 2007. Kentucky fans will remember that that year. And, and perhaps when the season's uh, finished with, if all things go well, maybe one of the best in the history of the school. And, you know, you've got some some major uh, superstars in that room. I also like Josh Caddis at the at the tight end position, as well as Brendan Bates. Those guys 
uh, are physical at the point of attack. They both uh, have the ability to catch the ball out of the field. There are several other tight ends in that room. Uh, again, a very deep room uh, that Coach Morrow has built and uh, excited about the tight ends as well. So again, Ray Davis, you add in J Jutan McLean at running back. Um, you've got a lot of options for Leary uh, in the in the offense this year. So yeah, a lot to be excited about. All right. Well, a lot to be excited about <laughs> and everyone wants it to translate into wins. And what's important when it comes to that is your schedule. And, you know, yeah. we, we did our schedule preview on Kentucky. It's probably been um, over a month ago now, but yeah. I remember us talking about it and we were saying, and, and I mentioned Blaine earlier. And, you know, if you, if you watch the channel, you've seen some of the videos Blaine's done on Kentucky um, this heading yeah. into the season, but Blaine has even gone as far, I think, as to make the bold, the bold prediction that Kentucky could have, I don't know, nine, ten wins maybe heading into the South Carolina game on November the 18th. Like, he's that high on this team. And when you look at their schedule, yeah. so so quickly, we'll, we'll run through it here. Um, if I was more prepared, sure. I could pull it up on the screen. But uh, everybody knows that uh, technicality sometimes <laughs> uh, are our biggest um, <laughs> hindrance. But so they play Ball State to open the season in Lexington. They get Eastern yep. Kentucky after that. Akron, three straight games to open the season that Kentucky should win. You've yep. got the, I call it tricky game at Vanderbilt on September 23rd. We all remember what happened last season um, in, in that game. And I do think Vanderbilt is going to be improved. So I, I don't know that I would call that a guaranteed lock to be a win just because I think Vanderbilt's an improved team. Uh, but Kentucky should be the favorite to win that game. Florida, boy, you want to talk about a team and a common theme we've had is people are all over the place on the Florida Gators. I've seen some people put them in the top 25. I've seen some people pick them three and nine. Um, I don't know what to expect from Florida. And I, I can safely say they're probably the team I have the least confidence on heading into the season, not from a win total standpoint, but just from a, I don't know what it's going to look like. Um, so look, that's, that's a potential five and O start there for Kentucky. You look yep. at the rest of the schedule at Georgia. Um, I don't care who you are. You know, that's, that's a tough game. Uh, just based on the the two time defending national champions, they get Missouri at home, they get um, Tennessee at home, they get Alabama at home. They have road yeah. games at Mississippi State, at South Carolina, at Louisville um, to kind of finish up that final stretch of the season. But really, to me, Stuart, with this whole schedule, I think the luxury of getting two of your toughest games, Tennessee and Alabama, both in Lexington, um, the game at Georgia stands out as one that's probably going to be very hard to win, just given. I think what our expectations are of Georgia, um, but it could be Georgia's toughest game on the schedule in reality, because <laughs> talk yeah. about schedules, Georgia doesn't have the toughest schedule as everyone knows. So right. mm -hmm. I look at this Kentucky schedule and I can't say this about a lot of sec teams, but I see nothing but sort of a land of opportunity here because those two games in particular, Tennessee and Alabama and Lexington, Everything else outside of the Georgia game to me feels winnable for Kentucky. And I'm not saying that I think Tennessee and Alabama are both winnable if this is the kind of Kentucky team we think it's going to be. So, again, I don't know how you could ask for a better setup just based yeah. on what the schedule looks like. Blake, it really is set up well for the team. I think, you know, Vegas has the uh, over under on, on total wins. I think it's seven or seven and a half. Mm. Uh, and so I think anything less than eight wins for the fan base is going to be a disappointment. And I think back to your point, nine wins is certainly achievable. And I think if a, a few things go Kentucky's way, I think they might be able to grab their first 10 win season in several regular season. Uh, I'm talking about with wins 
in, in several decades. And again, the home schedule is, is set up really nicely. It's one of the, the better home schedules that Kentucky's had, similar to two years ago when Kentucky had, you know, the, the, those same Eastern opponents um, at home. Florida was uh, a little bit better, but we also had LSU that year at home, which was kind of on a down year. But yeah, just from a from kind of a smell test and a look test, yeah, the home schedule is going to be pretty exciting. Uh, but I think, you know, you look at Georgia, Kentucky has played arguably played Georgia tougher than any other SEC yeah. school over the last two years, uh, both in Athens and Lexington. We always play the dogs well, and you never know. You, you catch them. I like honestly catching them a little earlier this year. I wish we could catch Alabama a little bit earlier, <laughs> but it, it just, you know, Alabama and Lexington in November, you know, uh, some uh, stranger things have happened. Uh, we've, we've actually, we beat Alabama, I think in 1997, um, uh, in one of the Tim couch seasons, uh, in Lexington and ripped the goalpost down. So I, I, <laughs> I don't know if it'll be that to, you know, to that acclaim. Uh, but yeah, I think it sets up pretty well. I think Florida, as you pointed out, we don't know what we're going to get there. Uh, I think Tennessee is, is obviously picked by many to finish second, uh, or third in the division. Uh, but yeah, it's, why not? Right. I think that's the phrase. Why not? We have the talent. I think Kentucky will be able to score consistently on, you know, most anybody uh, on the schedule. Um, and then the defense, we really haven't gotten into, but the defense is going to be uh, very uh, stout under Brad White for the season. And so, yeah, you know, health and depth always come into play. So, but yeah, a lot to be optimistic. And I think nine wins, that's my expectation. Um, I think if things go right again, I think Kentucky could enjoy a a 10 win season um, at the end of it. So, yeah, I mean, you said like, I think the Vegas win total, as you mentioned, was like seven, seven and a half. Now I've seen in some places, but like, you know, our Vegas expert, Brian Edwards has talked about it. He's like, look, I don't think he said he didn't love the, the number back in the summer just because of the value that's there. But now it's like, boy, you look at this. I'm like, I would have to believe that Kentucky, over that seven, uh, I would feel very confident about just based on what we've talked about with this team heading into the season and just the way the schedule um, sets up. So, uh, yeah, a lot of fascinating things with this Kentucky team heading into the season. But quickly, you just mentioned the defense. Um, sure. you know, we did talk about Brad White earlier on, but I guess just to go into that a little more in depth, um, just as we said, I mean, the expectation every year is that this is going to be a good defensive team. But yep. Just maybe what stands out with you on this defense? What's mo- what are you most excited about uh, heading into the season? Yeah. I know we had fun at SEC Media Day, you know, JJ Weaver and really just kind of picking his brain on what he's seen from this side of the ball uh, in practice and all that stuff. And so, um, yeah, I mean, once again, you just expect this to be another pretty stout unit, I think. Oh, it's going to be great. And people may forget, you know, Kentucky was 12th in the country in total defense last year with a seven and five record. So, you know, again, kudos to Brad White, but you, you've got to start with Deion Walker, uh, you know, as at the nose tackle, the defensive tackle position. I mean, Walker is just an absolute giant of a human being and athletically skilled. He's twitchy. He's fast. He gets off the ball and he absolutely requires a double team uh, for most teams that, that'll play us uh, play Kentucky this year. Uh, you mentioned JJ Weaver. Uh, just, you know, super talented junior, uh, Trayvon Wallace as well, kind of as, at the middle linebacker position or the, or the will linebacker position. Many might remember, uh, he had a, uh, blocked field goal, uh, two years ago against Florida and Lexington returned that all the way for a touchdown as a true freshman. Uh, a lot of people don't even know who that is. Derek Jackson, uh, I could go down the list in terms of the, the unit, um, but it's going to be surprisingly good. There's just, there's just some talent, some good three-star talent out of high school that, again, the coaching staff has developed. 
into, uh, again, just strong, disciplined uh, players under that uh, under that scheme. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, and that's just, you know, some some of the highlights in, in terms of the top tier players. There's, you know, Khalil Saunders, uh, Jordan Lovett. Uh, there's so many different uh, names that you'll hear called on Saturdays that you might not be familiar with uh, that are going to make contribution that that got some run last year, uh, even as true freshmen. Certainly, um, it's it's a defense, I think, that will surprise. And, and Brad White, again, I mean, if, if they finished, you know, that highly acclaimed and rated as a total defensive unit, um, they're much improved uh, and they've got a lot of starters back. So uh, super excited to see what they can do as well. Stuart, anything else we want to talk about here before we wrap up this sort of uh, inaugural episode of our um, Kentucky <laughs> football show, which I'm just I'm just going to just name it. We're just going to it's like the Kentucky football show. I feel like because there's not a lot of those out there um, that, yeah. you know, we, we kind of have to compete with. But um, yeah, I mean, it is like we said, I think this is a good time for this because I do, you know, and, and I'm not just saying this like because we're doing this basically for Kentucky fans, but like I, I really do. And, and everyone can hear what we talked about all summer. Find any video we've done on Kentucky. It's pretty much all been very optimistic about what our expectations are for this team. And I would even say we're probably higher than most on Kentucky. Some of us even I think have them finishing second um, in the East behind Georgia. And, and I've seen, you know, some claims that have been made here on our channel that, hey, maybe they, they can eclipse Georgia. Who knows? Because Georgia – is very talented and it's hard to, to pick against Georgia until someone beats them, but you know, they've got to replace a the quarterback. They've got some other things as well. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's hard not to be excited about Kentucky football. So I'm glad we're doing this Stuart, And I think it's going to make sure. for a fun ride here. Oh man. It's, it's going to be a blast. I'm super pumped. And you know, one more thing you asked, you asked about any additional comments, you know, I would say that the expectation now for this program to take the next level uh, it's, it's been, you know, the situation where Kentucky has been on the big stage, that CBS game, the two thirty game, uh, you know, on, on certain Saturdays that you remember a few, three or four years ago, we had a chance to knock off Georgia at home in Lexington and the winner that most likely was going to go to Atlanta. And yeah. that team wasn't ready. That was the 2018 team. Actually, Vince Merrill, uh, coach Stoops lead recruiter, um, is said, you know, many times in the off season and now going into fall camp or coming out of fall camp that this team has aspirations on Atlanta. And uh, they have all the reason to uh, that they should believe that because they've got the talent, uh, they've got the experience, they've got the coaches, uh, and now the players on both sides of the ball. Uh, and I'll say this: a, a nod to special teams looks to be much improved in the kicking game. That was a that was an Achilles' heel as well. So it looks like all three phases of the game are, are maybe the most balanced team, Blake, that Mark Stoops has had since he's been at Kentucky, and that's. You know, you think about it a couple couple of seasons ago, and then again back to that ten win team in twenty eighteen. Um, it, it could be a special year in Lexington. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair to say because when you look at the roster and just the way it shapes up, again, not hard not to be excited about this Kentucky team heading into the season. So, uh, but there you yeah. go, Kentucky fans. Uh, a fun first edition here of this uh, show we're going to be doing with Stewart. Uh, each week. And as I said earlier, um, you can find the full show uh, in our podcast feed, any podcast app you use, search for Southeastern 14. We may put the full show on YouTube. I haven't decided yet, but you will get multiple things out of this. Um, again, with all the different topics we discussed in this episode. So I know some of you guys prefer the shorter stuff. Don't worry. We'll cut it up as we do uh, with all the videos and do these short sort of bite-sized things you can watch as well. And uh, next time around, we're going to be talking about a game because um yes. yeah there will be a, actually a game that's going to be played for kentucky after that and by the way if you want to check out kind of our initial thoughts on kentucky and ball state uh chris and i did 
a video on that a couple weeks ago, which you can find with our initial, again, kind of thoughts on the matchup and uh, an interesting Ball State team that uh, I think had eight games last year, decided by seven points or less, um, and played a lot of close games, getting an experienced quarterback added to the mix, uh, got to replace some wide receivers, and they need some more big plays from that secondary, which – if you're going against this Kentucky offense, you need some big plays from that secondary. So we'll see uh, how we we like the matchup here with Kentucky and Ball State uh, coming up. But, uh, Stuart, again, this was a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, this is going to be, like I said, just a, a lot of exciting things to talk about Kentucky-wise here as we move forward. So I appreciate you joining us. Blake, thanks so much. Looking forward to a great season. Yep, for sure. All right, guys, hit that subscribe button uh, for a lot more great stuff here on the channel. Check out everything we've done, SEC basketball, football, baseball. It's all here uh, on Southeastern 14. We appreciate you guys watching as always.